Welcome to the Brand Ambassadors, your wide-angle look at the field of PR and what it means for your company. Your host is Merritt Hamilton Allen with co-host Gary Potterfield. Every firm has a compelling narrative that sets them apart from the crowd. In your company, you can use your own background and storytelling to your advantage as well as that of your business. Now, here are your hosts, Merritt Hamilton Allen and Gary Potterfield. Good morning. I'm Merritt Hamilton Allen. Uh, welcome to this episode of the Brand Ambassadors, and I'm joined by Gary Potterfield in windy, windy uh, DC. Did you make it into the office today, Gary? Oh, well, you know, my my uh, my daughter was saying, "Don't drive in today. It's bad because it it uh, it is really something." I I just wish I had thought early enough to you know, like start up a wind farm or something, and I could have sold all. All this energy to Tesla, you know, all the t- all the Tesla cars that come out here. So it, it's yeah. crazy windy out here. The schools are closed. A lot of schools are closed. The government's closed. So, yeah, I didn't even notice that. The government's closed. Well, golly. Yeah, the government's closed for wind. That's right. Like, you know what? You didn't see the government closing for wind back in 1776. I'll tell you that much. And I don't like the look of those teenagers either. Have you seen that commercial, that one Geico commercial with uh, Washington cl- crossing the Delaware Turnpike? Yes. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, right. Yeah, no, I, uh, I love that. But, um, yeah, kind of a, a, strange, uh, a strange and wild day on the East Coast, and I guess on the West Coast, and here in Albuquerque, we're just red flag fire danger. Yay, See? spring. All right, yeah. So, doggone Punxsutawney Phil or whatever. Anyway, here we are. Yeah, it's been a pretty interesting week uh, in PR again, uh, national business, everything. Um, where we, I, I think, probably dominating the headlines is still where we see a um, uh, a student-led uh, digital movement moving major retailers to change some of their sales policies. And regardless of where you stand on the issue, the market is going to respond. Yeah, it's pretty interesting stuff, uh, and it's pretty quickly. Yeah, it's amazing how quickly there was responses. And I wonder, yeah, you have to wonder if they sometimes are a little bit maybe the the, the major retailers, did they respond quick enough, too quick? You know, should they have thought a little bit longer, or, or was it a good decision? That, but, boy. And, well, a, and you wonder what metrics they're using to make those decisions. I think it's the we're freaking out metric. <laughs> Which is always in our industry a good one. That would be that would be called crisis communications. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't know if they yeah, did they follow through on that. I mean, I wonder. I wonder. That's a good question. I wonder what their uh, their PR folks were saying, their communicators were saying about how to respond, or it was just or, you know. I, I imagine it was different for every every organization. But yeah, pretty interesting well, stuff. I, I have to think there's a business decision behind that. They're looking at percentage of revenues. Um, uh, what the tone of voice is in uh, 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 on the internet? What the uh, share of voice, tone of voice? Um, what are the competition? What's the competition doing? I think there's some real, some very real numbers behind that. Yeah, and well, that's the other thing is that um, it's hard not to be a little skeptical that you know that that suddenly uh, some of these con- companies are just suddenly saying, "We well, you know, golly gee." You know, we're really just thinking about this now. No, this. Yeah, you're thinking about uh, I, this. I'm sure there's a lot of you know sincerity I mean, behind I, it. Just, I, I think Walmart but, does a lot more volume sales in mascara than in weapons. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, 
So yeah, that's, that's fascinating, fascinating subject on, on unfortunately a very tragic subject. So yes, yes. So what what are you following this week, Gary? Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, I'm 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 actually um, uh, getting excited about this week's show because um, um, I have to say that in um, in the area of of content, I I just have this. For me, it's maybe it's this this thing in, with me is that uh, you're really good about you know you you you. We've talked about this in other shows where you post uh, pretty much every day something. Um, and that's great. And I've got this, there's this, there's, there's this difference in my, my head going, should I be, what should I be doing right now? And, and I want, and, 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 you know, if I'm writing something to post on uh, social media or something, is that a, is that a, am I just indulging myself or am I doing something good for the company? What, you know, where, where does all that stand? So that's why I'm really excited about this show to see where, where someone who does this for a living, um, and talks about this for a living is going to, uh, you know, give, his opinion on that. Absolutely. And and self-branding is a big piece of it. And I think it's interesting. Um, uh, are, are you helping the company or are you just indulging yourself? I feel like, why can't we do both? <laughs> well, that, see, the, um, if, if you try to, if I think of what would be the dream job, the dream job is if you could say, I get to, you know, to say what I think is important. I get to talk and I get to share my, my, my feelings to, to the world. And, and, and it turns around and is, uh, turns out to be a, a good business decision at the same time. What a, what a job that is. It's a I dream feel job. Like that's my job. So you have a dream job. I have a dream job. I was at um, the uh, East Mountain Regional Chamber of Commerce uh, yesterday. I'm a new member. And uh, it's, it's a really rural area, but a lot of strong, uh, small local businesses. And everyone is focused on uh, content, focused on uh, uh, social, uh, social marketing, social media placement. Um, and also the presentation was... Uh, from a sales perspective, why you should stop pitching and why you should start connecting. Instead of saying, I've got this solution, uh, 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 I can sell you this, this, and this, you've got to tell people what problem you're going to solve. Right. Well, I, you know, and, and um, um, the, I, I love that idea that, you know, if you, and I've, in my, in my own little way on a couple of different occasions for things, for, for organizations, particularly in the area of digital signage, I would have this feeling that when I just when I just want to give them something and say, "Here's what I know about this." He said, "Whatever you decide to do, let me just give you some ideas, that things that I think about, and 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 just let the rest of it happen." In other words, if they're going to come back to you and say, "Yeah, I remember when you told me that thing about uh, about how to do this digital signage thing. We really like this, and now we'd like to use you." That's how it love. We don't, wouldn't that be the greatest way to do business? Just you know, always be helping instead of always be selling. Absolutely, absolutely, and uh, uh, I think we've got uh, a pretty fascinating guest today, uh, Frank Strong from uh, Sword and Script Media is going to be joining us, and it, it's really revolutionary for the history of the brand ambassadors because um, Frank is a former military public affairs officer, but he was in the Army. How did we let him slip yeah. through? How did yeah, we I don't him? Know. Some no, Army guy? Good. It was a mistake. It was a no. It's not a mistake at all. Well, yeah, we 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 do tend to have lots of uh, lots of uh, lots of navy and a couple of coast coasties once in a while. Uh, yeah, but we well, haven't had an air force person. I consider myself bilingual in jargon. Yeah. Well, you've got family. You've got Indeed. family. 
Yeah, I'm a native. I'm a native army speaker. Right. So, but we're not going to talk army too much today. No. I don't think. I think we're going to be talking content. So that's going to be exciting. So, um, yeah. So I was looking at, I was, you know, on that subject, I, I'd, of course, try to do a little research and see what, you know, and, uh, and um, uh, I, I came upon a, um, an infographic. Of course, infographics, again, that's content. Mm-hmm. We should do infographics, Merritt. But uh, some of the things are pretty fascinating about where things are going in, uh, in, uh, with, with content. And again, I'm sure Frank will talk to this when we, when we get to it. And then there's the whole thing about is it business to consumer, is it business to business? And uh, and what the numbers are. I did see a thing that um, business the the uh, people doing content for uh, in in business uh, certainly ninety four percent of those doing it are doing it uh, are using LinkedIn and that certainly makes a lot of sense. Um, so then there's the question of you know do, do you where do you go do you, do you you know what what platforms do you use that sort of thing. So um, uh, absolutely, and I mean and that's something. Um, I think that has come to a lot of um, public relations practitioners intuitively as we've moved in the last 20 years from uh, a, a print, print and visual media to uh, integrated digital media that uh, uh, and, and a content element, a message, a picture, a story, whatever that is, can be uh, repurposed across many platforms to reach more people. Yeah, and then I, I, another thing I wonder about too in this whole area about content marketing um, is how much of it has to be original. How much how much of it is reposting other people's work? And you know, I know you you, you kind of again in another one of our uh, uh, episodes talked a little bit about the your morning routine, where you you see something you find that's interesting. Uh, and relevant, and then you you know you give a couple of words uh, a take on on what the issue is, and and put it out there. So I think it's a that's a pretty smart way to do content. Uh, well, but in and, my and mind, the way I focus that is: do I have an opinion that's credible? Today I poke, focused uh, posted on VA healthcare, and I've been a patient of the VA for oh gosh, 12 years off and on, and I go from the VA to the private sector, from VA to the private sector based on VA management and how uh, uh, easily I'm able to get care. Right now I'm back out in the private sector. So based on that, um, as uh, what I think, I think I'm a rather sophisticated consumer of VA healthcare, I feel like I can opine on that. If it was a story that I just happened to find interesting, I'd just post it without comment. Hmm. So completely, you just post it, uh, and that's that. That's the end of it. No, no comment at all. Sometimes, yeah, yes, that works. And I did a post like uh, I did a post like that yesterday, which uh, you know I found it fascinating, but I didn't feel that I had uh, the where the uh, the background or uh, the knowledge to um, offer uh, offer uh, an opinion. Certainly, I had one, but I decided to keep it to myself in that case. So I try and back you... my posts with uh, experience if I'm going to comment. Often... I need to be experienced. How often do you post just straight stuff, just straight from you, without any uh, referencing uh, or linking to another uh, another product, another blog, or something? Um, it, you know, it, for personal email, uh, for you know, for personal social, I so f- Facebook. Yeah, I'm full of bizarre ideas, and I post my own. I post what's in my own head, and about 800 people seem to think that's pretty entertaining. But for LinkedIn and Twitter, where I'm really focused on expanding Vox Optima's brand and my role in that brand, um, I try to uh, link to actual content and fact and uh, emerging information because I think 
uh, my followers are going to be more interested in that just rather than um, what's in my head like I post on Facebook. <laughs> Your followers. You sound like a, some sort of a guru or something. My followers. No, I, no that would be a cult leader. <laughs> there will be Kool-Aid well, at the end of the show. Well, we are not going to talk to a cult leader. Uh, we are going to talk to a great uh, content marketer and PR professional. Uh, Mr. Frank Strong is going to be with us in just three minutes on the Brand Ambassadors. Uh, and uh, we hope you, we know you're going to stay with us. And b- before that, please give us a call. If you have one to talk about, to talk to Frank or to talk to us about the subject or anything, call us at 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790, or send us an email at brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com. And we'll be back with Frank in just a couple of minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin. Good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom-line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. The pace of change in the world is increasing exponentially and shows no signs of slowing down. Leadership is evolving and requires more and more innovative leaders to keep up. Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf features interviews with global business leaders, thought leaders, and academics in a wide range of industries. Proven concepts and tools may be applied to build your organization and deliver sustainable success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. You 
are listening to The Brand Ambassadors. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to The Brand Ambassadors. I'm Merritt Hamilton Allen, joined by Gary Potterfield. And, you know, we in the communications industry, because we're wordsmiths, we can, we can come up with great new names for anything new we're doing. You know, back in the day, it was integrated marketing communications and then brand journalism. And uh, I think a really important uh, uh, element of public relations in 2018 is content marketing. And joining us to talk about that is Frank Strong of uh, Sword and Script, uh, the sword, sword in the script. He's an army uh, veteran and very much a PR and marketing veteran. Um, he's got, uh, in addition to his military background, he's got a lot of background with uh, 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 the tech industry uh, and uh, business-to-business clients. And that can be a uh, that can be a challenge because it's a very technical jargon, and somehow you've got to get uh, an emotional hook into that content amidst. Um, all of this technical language. So, Frank, Frank Strong, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Hey, good morning, Merritt. Thanks for having me. Uh, uh, it, it's our pleasure. Uh, tell me, in, in your mind, what is content marketing? That's a good question because there's um, a lot of – you ask 10 people for a definition, and they'll give you 10 different answers. I subscribe to the Content Marketing Institute's philosophy of content marketing, and in my mind, content marketing means something very, very specific. It is the process of producing useful and relevant content of uniform high quality at the same time, at the same place, consistently over time in order to attract and build and engage audience. You earn their trust. You facilitate the conversion into loyal and renewing customers that, retain, that the business can retain. Now, that's a big mouthful, so let's break that down a little bit. What do we mean by that? Number one, it's building a platform of your own. It's not sharing an article on LinkedIn. It's not sharing an article on Facebook. It's not commenting on Twitter. Those could be pieces of it, but those are really the spokes to a hub. If PR is earned media and advertising is paid media and social media is shared media, content marketing is owned. And someone can't pull the rug out from underneath you. So, you know, five or six years ago, there was chatter in the industry that, we had this thing called Facebook, and did businesses need a web page anymore? You didn't need a web page because you could get this Facebook thing running real easy. Well, lo and behold, a few years later, they start tweaking their algorithm, and guess what? You don't get any exposure at all unless you buy it. So it's rental property, and the old adage in content marketing circles is you don't make home improvements to rental property. You want to make it to your own. Number two, useful and relevant. Right? There's an old adage there, one man's or one woman's trash is another's treasure. What works for one brand may not work for another, so you have to go figure it out. That's not very actionable advice. The actionable advice is that comes from having a focus on being helpful. Most businesses have a problem being too salesy. They throw brochureware up there, so you have to be informational. But I have also seen businesses that get too editorial. Uh, I was looking, uh, kind of doing a business business development dance with a startup in the D.C. area um, and looking at some of their content. And they had hired a journalist, a former journalist, to do their content. And the content was wonderful. 
journalistically written, great prose, had nothing to do with their business. That's not going to help you either. So you have to have a balance. Um, <clears throat> I think business content should be written with journalistic standards, but businesses are entitled to an opinion. In fact, they ought to have one and share it. They just need to share it openly and transparently. Um, number three, be consistent. Same time, same place, no exceptions. Uh, you know, some of the, the millennials may, may not get this, but we used to subscribe to this thing called the newspaper, and it showed up on our doorstep every morning at 6 a.m., no questions asked, and it did that for years. And that's important because not only does it condition you to create the systems and the process to produce content consistently over time, but it also conditions your audience to expect it. And in that respect, it is a process. It's not a campaign. You can run campaigns inside content marketing, but it doesn't work the other way around. And then lastly, this attract, convert, retain notion. This is the buyer's journey. What brings people to your site? How do they con- what, what converts them into being a customer? Then how do you keep it? And so you need to think about content at each stage in that cycle and also by the various levels of experience, right? What we sometimes call the buyer persona. What attracts an entry-level uh, employee is going to be vastly different than what would attract uh, a CEO, yet they all might have a stake uh, in, the, in the decision-making process. And in my world, in business-to-business technology, where one business is commercializing technology to sell to another, the sales cycles are long. There's a lot of different uh, influencers that touch that, that, uh, that buying cycle and can influence it. So it's important to address all of them. So that's a big chunk, but um, that's my take on on defining content marketing. Well, um, something that I I thought about when you talk about consistency, and it would seem to me to be a challenge for a company if you're trying to get multiple players in the company to uh, to do content for content marketing and to have a consistent voice. Is that a is that a challenge, or is that even an issue? Well, yeah, I think it's. That's a, it's a, that's probably a whole other episode. It, it is a challenge. I think, number one, to be successful in content marketing is you've got to have that one champion that's going to push this thing along, somebody with experience, somebody that knows how to do this, um, that's going to try to get other folks involved. Getting the rest of the team involved is a challenge, right, as people are busy, right? When the, the classically trained PR professional a few years ago saw the rise of social media, they're like, oh, gosh, now I've got to do this too? I have a job already. And content marketing comes along. They're like, I got to write content and I got to publish all this stuff on social media. And then, you know, then you have all the SEO requirements. You got to have your meta tags. You got to do your URL. You, you got to there's just that the list of tasks never goes on. And that's the way other people in the organization feel as well. So it's hard to get them involved. In terms of voice, I'm a pretty big fan of allowing people to have their own voice. I think you can have consistency in messages and you can say things in different ways. Um, what do I mean by that? You think back to like grade school in algebra class. You may have gone to one teacher that explained algebra to you in one way and you couldn't understand what it meant. And then you talk to a different teacher and they explain it in a different way and you get it. It's the same kind of thing. So I think it's important to allow people to have their voice, but that doesn't mean you're off message. You can still have consistency of messaging and allow people to have their own voice. Well, now I'm worried about that metaphor because it did take me three semesters in college to pass two of calculus. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, maybe I just maybe I just need to talk to the Notre Dame math department about their content marketing because it really wasn't reaching me. There you go. 
So, but, so within this context of content marketing, which is uh, the core of your business, um, how do you develop strategies and tactics for your clients and their needs? Um, so, great question. These, I think the answer to that lies in all things that should be familiar to a PR person, right? And I'm a classically trained PR pro. Grew up in small small agency, eventually, you know, graduated to a big agency by way of acquisition. Um, and so, I, I find, like, the, the, the transition into content marketing is just a natural evolution of the space. Now, how do you build an audience? I think that the, the, the key are, number one, you've got to know your audience, right? Audience identification. If you're in marketing, communications, PR, any of those industries, it ought to start with number one. You've got to know your audience. To that end, um, and, and, and the, the note I heard some of the chatter on, the, on the, the pre-show about personal branding and what that has to do, it's not about you. It's about the audience, right? Audience identification is number one. Number two, you've got to be aware of trends, right? Well, PR has, for as long as can, we can remember, tried to pitch stories and tie it into bigger trends. Here's how this particular player in a space fits into a large trend. Number three, it's data and analytics, right? It's understanding what is pulling people in, what they're searching for, uh, and not just the the volume of of clicks, but also what are they spending time with? I was doing an analysis yesterday for a client, um, and I took a good look at, you know, what was attracting a sizable measure of volume, and then I saw... Uh, a piece that was written by their top executive, um, and this particular person is is very plain spoken. There is no hyperbole, so it wasn't like a riveting piece, but it's pragmatic advice. And people were spending five and a half minutes with it, which if you do this for a living, that's a lifetime on the web. Uh, five minutes is a long piece of time. They were reading that thing from cover to cover. And, and then also, what's converting them into subscribers? What's converting them into customers? What is the content that customers need to renew and remain customers. So those are all kind of part of that uh, data and analytics. And I, I might be putting the, uh, the, the cart before the horse here because I think we're going to talk about this um, a little bit later, but I think it's worth mentioning under the strategy section is that I think you have to have this big grandiose plan. I have seen uh, big companies spend six months putting data and research into a plan that is so heavy by the time they're done it never gets off the ground. It's just too much. Uh, I am much more of a philosophy. If you're familiar with the, the, the methodologies of Agile and Lean, they started in software uh, development. They've grown up into project management. They're, they're used in a variety of industries today. Um, it basically means you know, help, having your audience help guide what your strategy is going to be. And I like to call this the Marcus Sheridan strategy. Marcus Sheridan... It's a guy, he was a small business owner uh, just outside of Richmond. He owned this little, this little thing called River Pools and Spas, and I think it was around the time of the last recession. I have to go back and look at the exact dates. But his business was not doing well, and he was spending a ton of money on advertising, and he wasn't getting anywhere. And so what he decided to do is he's going to start a blog for his business. And the first thing, he didn't know anything about it. This guy is not a marketer. He's a small business owner. He wasn't even a writer. Um, and he just started looking at all the questions that people had about pools, and he started answering them, and the traffic started taking off. And there's this revolutionary idea that you could begin your content marketing strategy by answering customer questions, right? And so that is a really excellent point for somebody just getting started, trying to figure out where you go. 
Where can you find these questions? You can talk to the salespeople. What kind of questions do you get? You can talk to customer support, customer service, understand what kind of questions they get. If they come back to you with blank stares, ask them for a look in their sent items. Because chances are, in their email inbox, they're already answering these questions. And they probably have uh, answers that are 70 or 80% written. And you can put a little polish on and publish them as independent posts. So when you talk about how do you begin to build a strategy for it, that's my recommendation for getting started. Okay. Well, um, uh, we are going to talk about more about this. And it's interesting to me uh, b- because in the first part of the show, it was, it was like almost frightening to think about all the things that may be involved in, in uh, content marketing strategy. And this is very good to hear that it can be something much simpler. We're going to talk more about that when we come back, Frank. Uh, you're listening to the Brand Ambassadors, and we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin. Good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom-line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program welcome back to the brand ambassadors i'm gary potterfield along with Merritt hamilton allen and uh, Frank Strong uh, from uh, uh, Sword and the Script. 
And um, Frank, when um, uh, earlier when you first came on, you were talking about the fact that you, uh, you know, you had a, a kind of a traditional PR background. Um, how in the world did then you get into this idea of um, of content marketing? Yeah, great question. Um, <clears throat> I got a, I think the date's probably around November of 2005. Um, I went down to my mailbox and I had a little letter recalling me to active duty. Right, and I got called up, spent a bunch of time at Bragg, and then shipped over to Iraq. And I didn't come home until perhaps April of 2007. It was a long time, 18 months. And if we, if anyone has watched the web in the last 10 years, uh, it changes at a incredible pace. And not only is that is it changing at a pace, but it's changing at a pace that is increasing. Right, it's it's exponentially faster each and every year. Things just happen so fast, and so to be gone uh, from really what was still a nascent web uh, in that period of time, to be gone for eighteen months was just um, life changing. I remember being overseas, uh, and I, ho- I hope it doesn't offend anybody. I certainly don't intend it to. But I, ha- you know, we did some work for state the State Department, and once in a while we got back to Cantonment. They had this thing called the internet over there. They had really good internet. And soldiers could whip out their laptops and get on it. And I had a couple of soldiers, and they were into this thing called MySpace. I was like, guys, what, what, what is this MySpace thing? And they were like, sir, it's this place to meet girls and party. Right? And I was like, huh, well, I'll have to think about that when I get home, right? We'll check that out. <laughs> I got home, and I realized the world had changed, right? There was Twitter. There was this social bookmarking was big. There was this thing called Delicious. There were bloggers that were using Delicious to publish entire posts. Basically, it would pick out their best posts, the best things that they I remember had, delicious, um, yeah. Published. Yeah, yeah. So the world had changed, and that's kind of what got us into it. And at that time, I was working for a startup that works in the IT operations space. Uh, I was up there. I'm in Atlanta now, but I was up there in uh, McLean, Virginia. And, um, you know, it, it, the marketing shop was led by, um, a, 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 you know, a seasoned marketer that had come out of a very big business, right, and had a very big business mentality. Um, and, you know, in big businesses, you don't get up from your desk and walk the hallways unless a vice president has signed a hall pass. Um, and that was kind of the mentality. So it took a lot of pressure from all of us in the shop to, to, to convince him that we should do this blog thing. Um, and we did it. And we pulled it off. We did it on a technology that nobody uses anymore. It's called movable type. I think the only person in the world that still uses movable type is Seth Godin. And that's because Seth Godin can do whatever he wants and people will read it. Um, <laughs> And, you know, it, it was um, a good blog. I uh, uh, remember that era very well. Um, we do a lot of work um, with the Navy's largest acquisition activity and, um, uh, and Navy engineering. And Navy engineering sometimes and nuclear engineering come together, so it's very common for Navy folks um, to work with the National Nuclear Labs. And there was a uh, retired admiral in charge of Los Alamos, and Los Alamos is a very ingrained and isolated work culture. It's a beautiful place in the middle of nowhere, New Mexico, doing really hard work. And breaking into that culture is, can be difficult. And he came in with this active duty perspective as, you know, I'm the commander, what I say goes. And the staff uh, was not having it, and they started a blog. And i got to tell you, if you have a bunch of PhDs blogging against you, you've got a problem. Because those guys are smart. <laughs> And um, uh, it, it was an employee blog 
that uh, resulted in having uh, a new director, uh, a, a, a director resign and a new director come in. So that was huge. And then I remember way back, just when we were getting uh, into email, uh, I was working at the Navy News Desk when um, all of a sudden ships got email and sailors got email at sea. And that was revolutionary because suddenly people could uh, communicate independently without the commanding officer knowing. And I think the mm-hmm. same thing correlated to business. Email, suddenly people are contacting the outside uh, world constantly um, within the confines of their business desk. Yep. So uh, one thing that this has done, though, that I find uh, that because the things that have come with the social media revolution and what we see now with Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter um, is this, this uh, belief that suddenly we've got data behind it. We can measure what we're doing. But if you survey um, our field, Frank, we kind of still suck at it. So what do you, you think are effective measures uh, and metrics for success in your content management work? Yeah, look, the PR field struggles to measure results because it's, it's, you know, it's, it's very heavy on media relations and how do you measure the financial impact of a placement in a newspaper. Um, years ago, I worked for a, uh, an agency. We had a client. They made this software product that would help you manage your corporate real estate. You know, most, most, the second largest expense for most business behind human resources. Um, this particular product would save you about a dollar per square foot on corporate real estate. Most of their clients had a million, dollar, uh, a million square feet, so the savings was roughly a million dollars in ROI. Right. We pitched uh, they, the, the agency, and I was kind of a tangential member. I was just learning at that point in time. But they, they put together this box, a physical box, that was about one foot in cubic space. And they put a string across the middle, and they taped a dollar to it, and they sent it to, I don't know, 20, 25 reporters. Very creative pitch. Um, one of the reporters they sent it to was at the Wall Street Journal, who happened to write on the real estate page, which I think at that time was on Wednesdays wound up securing an interview, got these guys a placement. They were in the Wall Street Journal, had a little caricature of the CEO holding up like Superman style, holding up a million dollars in savings in the middle. Um, And, you know, everybody was happy. About six months later, they closed a deal with a very big bank that no longer exists anymore. It was called Wachovia. Um, I forget who they merged with, Wells Fargo or one of them. It was Bank of America. It was a few years ago. And, you know, the vice president of corporate development asked them, well, hey, you know, we've been doing this the sales dance with you for six months, what was the defining difference? Why, why did you choose our product? And they said, well, it was that, it was that Wall Street Journal article. Right? Great story, great ROI, very hard for public relations professionals to tie that to uh, or, or to be able to come up with. It's very anecdotal. And content, you, the web has all kinds of analytics that we can use. Um, there's all kinds of things that we can measure. Number one, you have to remember that um, KPIs are directional. It suggests a direction. The end result is the ROI, and you have to get there, right? You have to put some investment before you can get a return back, right? It's, um, <clears throat> it's kind of like a bank account. You can't make a withdrawal until you've made a few deposits. Uh, so what are the four? I believe there are four categories to measure content. Number one is visibility. Number two is community strength. Number three is quality. And number four is marketing impact. And I'm going to break each one of these categories now. Under measures of visibility, and I'll change it, I'll customize this to different 
uh, clients based on their needs, but I tend to look at visitors, total number of visitors, right? I use a free tool called Google Analytics. Google Analytics provides free training. Um, there's free online classes. Just uh, Google the Google Analytics Academy. You can take a course to teach you all kinds of things about uh, analytics for free. Understanding unique visitors. And then I like to measure backlinks. And typically, I use a tool called OpenSite Explorer. It's by a company called Moz. It's part of their freemium model. So OpenSite Explorer is free. Uh, and I'm counting literally the number of backlinks that comes. And that, that helps you for a couple of different reasons. One, there's referral traffic. If you get a link in a newspaper article back to your site, people can follow that path and visit you, and you can track that. Um, number two, backlinks have an impact on your overall search results, right? That, that was way back in the day when Google became a thing. That was what made it different from all the other search engines, the directories like Yahoo, is that it used a link from one site to another and counted it as a vote to suggest that that particular piece, of, that site that they were linking to was worth returning. And these things have an impact on search, and it is a long-term impact, right? It's not just the referral traffic you get tomorrow, but the search results you might get in a week, six months, a year, um, Number two, we talk about community strength because we want to think about building a community in our, in our platform. When you have an owned media platform and you're sharing it on LinkedIn or you're sharing it on Twitter or any other social site, what you want to happen is you want a little bit of that audience to become part of yours. And so key measures of community strength are returning visitors. It's a typical report in any Google Analytics or any web analytics platform. Subscriptions, right, both RSS which isn't as popular as it used to be, but people still use it, um, and email subscriptions, right? You get someone's email that subscribes to your content and says, yes, when you publish a new post, when you publish a new article, when you publish a new whatever your content marketing platform is, I want to get it. This is also an important measure because in business, if you look at what uh, many businesses call a lead, it typically boils down to an email. They have a webinar. They have a white paper. They have some sort of Gated, piece of gated content. Right? There's a registration page you've got to fill out and give them their information. Salesforce, the CRM provider, um, did an analysis a few years ago, a study, and found that businesses spend about $150 on average to obtain a single email address. So have email subscriptions in your content marketing platform because you're doing the work for them. Right? Um, quality. Uh, you know, I made a reference to one man's trash is another's treasure. I like to look at time on page. Um, you know, how long people are spending with visitors. You have to be careful with that particular measure because if someone comes to your site, spends 30 seconds and leaves, that's not necessarily a bad thing. If you're answering customers' questions and they find the answer to their question very quickly, that's a good thing. But I like generally, I like to think of time on page as people spending more and more time. They enjoyed your first piece. They're going to click through and watch something else. Uh, the second one is organic search. Right? How many results most websites, most content marketing platforms are going to get the vast majority of their audience from organic search? Right? So we want to see this kind of grow over time. We've got to go to break. So uh, let's continue this discussion uh, in uh, just a couple minutes. Uh, uh, listeners, thanks so much to listen to Brand Ambassadors. Come back, up, come back to us in a couple minutes. We're talking with Frank Strong. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin. 
good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom-line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit voxoptima.com. That's voxoptima.com. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Trends in global business are changing all the time. It used to only be worrying about your competitor across the street, but now that competitor may be across the world. On Global Business with Mahesh Joshi, we discuss the trends in global business, plus issues and solutions that business leaders face today. Each show is guaranteed to teach you something that you didn't know before about global business. Listen live every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program welcome back to the brand ambassadors i'm gary potterfield along with Merritt hamilton allen and our guest this week, uh, Frank Strong. And Frank, uh, we only have a little bit of time left, but um, what for? there's a lot of heavy stuff involved in what you can do or should do. But what should, somebody who hasn't really been doing this yet, what are some simple steps they can take to get started in content uh, marketing? Yeah, I think number one is you got to do it, right? Well, uh, the, the, the business that I run today started as a blog eight years ago. I came home from Iraq, saw the world had changed, decided the best way to to, to, to learn was to do it, right? So I implemented it on my own and I did my own little writing. You can do it about marketing. You can do it about gardening. You can do it about anything that you're interested in, whatever your passion is, your hobbies, and, and start learning on your own. And I, and I think when you have some of that experience of building an audience, you can do something similar in business. Um, you have to just get started. You can't build this, this huge long plan because it'll never get off the ground. Certainly, you've got to have some executive support. So you should do some research, understand the... The, the metrics in your industry, your vertical, find some measures of success, some success, 
some anecdotes of other uh, organizations that had um, success. But, you know, I, the last company I worked at before starting my own business two years ago was a giant global firm. I worked in one division. It supported three lines of businesses. Those business units all had blogs that were dormant and they weren't working. Nobody had done anything with them for years. And I just got with one marketing manager and picked it up and started working for them. And just, you know, a couple times a week, putting some posts together. Useful, relevant content consistently over time. And the other marketing managers started seeing that. And they started asking me for help. Pretty soon, I had four different blogs that people wanted me to feed. I was like, folks, I can't do this. It's too many mouths. I don't have enough content. What we did was we put together a plan to consolidate those all into one single blog that served their different segments, so small, you know, mid-market, and large firms. Uh, and we built, it, we ran it like a news organization, uh, though we definitely have an opinion because there's no, no mistake. We're trying to sell stuff, uh, but trying to be helpful in the manner that we did it. Uh, and after probably three years of doing that, I was able to quantify that on the enterprise side, about one-third of the deals with an ASP at north of a million dollars, ASP's average selling price, north of a million dollars, uh, were touched by that blog. Very clear and empirical measure, but it took time to get there. And uh, we kind of got started and learned as we went because the audience is going to tell you what they need and what they want if you're listening. Would you say that you use um, uh, your metrics to um, assess as you go? Because I really liked earlier when you talked about um, spending six months planning instead of communicating isn't helpful. Um, So to me it sounds like what you're saying is go out and communicate, measure what you're getting, and adjust based on your metrics. Absolutely. Those are the principles of the methodologies in Lean and Agile, right? Exactly what it is. So measure, uh, go do something, measure, iterate, and improve over time. That is also one of the non, you know, we, we talk a lot about ROI and measuring the effectiveness of your content marketing program, but there is value in data. There is value in being able to test a campaign, an idea. Um, I can't tell you the number of times we've written blog posts uh, and watched it take off and said, you know what? This needs to be a campaign. We need to do a white paper. We need to do a webinar. We need to do a survey around this. And it becomes something, something else of its own. Um, and it, it can rework in reverse, too. You take a white paper and you, you drill, drill down. You see there's a good little nugget in there. The, the thing's 12 pages long and it's really boring, but there's a, a paragraph that's zippy. You carve that out, you turn it into a blog post, and it zips around the web. Hmm. So real quick, um, from my perspective, what are what are the, uh, the the types of content that are are the most effective, and those that are probably not worth the effort that you that you put into them? Uh, honestly, I think it's probably opinions. I think you got to you got to focus on the audience. What is it that they need? Um, the, the, you know, I I referenced the customer questions. It's a great place to start because the audience is telling you what they're looking for. Uh, and when someone asks a question, they type a question into Google. They're, they're literally, search is literally an expression of need. They're telling you what they're looking for. Um, and so I think that's, that's the best place to start. And then kind of the other, the other aspects that should be, uh, you know, net native or natural to a, a classically trained communications or PR professional is tying into industry trends. Data, people are always interested in data, so survey data. You know, what does the industry think about, you know, given trends, those sorts of things. That's the best place to get started. Um, what works for one organization may not work for another, which is why the data and analytics and listening to what people want and what, what, what content is performing well and what isn't is so important. Well, I think what you're uh, saying is it's not don't plan, don't have a strategy, but at the same time, we don't have 
the the immediacy and the instantaneousness of uh, communication now uh, it doesn't really allow you to wait and navel gaze and put out the perfect campaign. I, I think that's an and, excellent um, way of putting data and um, be, uh, uh, start with thoughtful communication, um, and then adjust as necessary as the campaign continues. I think that's an excellent way to summarize it, Mary. That's right. I'm not. I'm not suggesting you walk in willy nilly with no idea. I think you got to have a pretty good idea. You got to have a good hypothesis. You got to have a good hunch, and then you test it, and you iterate, and you improve over time. Well, that's uh, that's fantastic. Um, are there, do you have any closing points for us? Because we're getting close to the close of our show. Uh, boy, I wish I had something zippy. I don't. Um, you know, I think this is in this this idea of content marketing. It's not a fad. It's not a trend. It's not something that's going to go away. Uh, I, marketing oh, no, this is says the industry. that. This, this is our industry. Um, uh, I lost you there for a minute. I, I thought I heard you breaking in. I, um, I, I was. Um, gosh, I lost my train of thought. Um, yeah. Hey, no, no worries. I mean, what I was saying is, you know, this is uh, our industry. Content marketing uh, is here to stay, and it's a really important tool for uh, any business owner, for any marketing professional. Yeah, I think if I had one zippy, one zippy piece of advice to offer for communication professionals, because I think that your audience is very heavy, is that they should think about content marketing as public relations. I think they're one and the same. There's certainly in a lot of overlap. I, I think that's a very fair point. Well, Frank Strong uh, of, the Sword and the, of Sword and the Script, thank you so much for joining us. You can find Frank at uh, Twitter, Sword and Script, uh, or his website, www.swordandthescript.com. Uh, you've been listening to the Brand Ambassadors for Frank Strong and Gary Potterfield. I'm Merritt Allen. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for tuning in this week to the Brand Ambassadors. Please join Merritt Hamilton Allen and Gary Potterfield for another edition next Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week. If you're 85 or younger,